Hey, thanks for joining us. You're listening to Living Fountains with Pastor Jim Stewart of Calvary Chapel, Kansas City. Today, our study is in the book of 2 Corinthians. If you're in a place where you can grab your Bible and follow along with us, we invite you to do so. And if you'd like more information on Living Fountains or Calvary Chapel, Kansas City, you can visit our website at calvarychapelkc.com. Now, let's join Pastor Jim for today's study. Let me break this down real quick. What about you and your interaction with someone else? See, if I'm not hearing that right from God, then when I'm interacting with someone else, I'm not gonna be the gracious person that I ought to be. You see what I'm saying? If we're hearing from the word, we're hearing from the Lord right, we're gonna be able to speak things outright. Out of our hearts and out of our mouths, those things that are inside of us are gonna come out, good or bad. And I think those are good challenges and good things for us to think on. If you wanna look at a good filtration system or a way to kind of gauge this so that you can be cautious and, and know whether what I'm hearing is this from God or what am I hearing is this from just some kind of uh, enemy source, so to speak. Go to James chapter three, verses 14 through 18. That's what I would, I would recommend. And you can use that as your filter or possibly as a hearing aid, like some of us need from time to time. Need some help being able to hear the heart of the Lord accurately and wisely. Paul, in just those two verses, is wanting to convey to the people there in Corinth, man, with many tears, out of much affliction, anguish of heart, I wrote to you with many tears, not that you should be grieved, but that you might know the love which I have so abundantly for you. He says, man, that's my heart. Did you hear my heart? That's what he's saying. Did you hear what I, I really wanted you to know? How significant, how important that is. When we opened up with prayer, we talked about the fact that we just have these one moments, these days, today is a day that we just have a moment to interact with others to be able to talk with others, to be able to have fellowship with others, to be able to convey to others around us the truth of how we feel about them. He goes on now and he starts to kind of set some things straight in verse five, but if anyone has caused grief, he has not grieved me, but all of you to some extent. Not to be, not to be too severe. He says, hey, look at, I know the situation. And remember, we talked about this in 1 Corinthians chapter five. This is kind of the circumstance. He said, remember that guy, you know, I told you to kind of put him out of the fellowship because he's just, he's, uh, he's, he's not flying right. He's not walking right with the Lord. And you just need to put him out. He's living in sin and, and he, he's pretending to be something and he's not, you know, put him out. But this is what they've done. This punish, and remember, they were all okay with all of this. They were all okay with what was going on. This punishment, which was inflicted by the majority, is sufficient for such a man. So that, on the contrary, you ought rather to forgive and comfort him, lest perhaps such a one be swallowed up with too much sorrow. In other words, okay, look at you guys. I think the guy got the message, you know? He got the message, you know, love on him. You know, let him know that you affirm your love for that person. These are great lessons to learn in just even disciplinary actions in life and how sometimes we have to deal with different things. And man, even if you have to say something difficult, make sure you back it up also with love and comfort and encouragement. 
Therefore, I urge you to reaffirm in verse eight, your love for him, just good practical instructions. For to this end, I also wrote that I might put you to the test whether you are obedient in all things. Hey, he wanted to see, are you gonna be willing to do the difficult things that need to be done? As a body of believers, are you gonna be willing to do those things? Now whom you forgive anything, I also will forgive. In the Lord, he's saying, hey, if, if you're forgiving him, I'm gonna forgive him. For if indeed I have forgiven anything, I have forgiven that, that one for your sakes in the presence of Christ. He says, in my prayer, I've brought this person to the Lord and I've left him there in the hands of God and, and I'm, I'm good with it. You know, I, I've left it with the Lord. I don't hold a, he's Paul saying, I don't hold a personal charge against this person at all. Lest Satan in verse 11 should take advantage of us for we are not ignorant of his devices. And we've from time to time spoken about those four or five things that Paul has mentioned uh, through the scriptures, you know, the spiritual gifts, the end times. He talked about Israel as a nation itself. There's this little grouping of things that he said, hey, I don't want you to be ignorant of those things. And yet today, isn't, aren't those things the things that the church is least informed about? And including the devices or the, the way Satan tries to do things. And we oftentimes don't see things quite in the spiritual lens of what all is happening around us. So often it's all spiritually charged, all of it. I'll read on and we can see some more of this, how this plays out. He says, anyway, the correction that was made was right, but don't let Satan take advantage of it by pushing it so far that that person's, you know, just drifted way away from the Lord. But reach out, love on him, and it's practical. It's good counsel. It's good things for us to take into our hearts and to know and to activate because we know that the enemy would want to deceive that person and, and just say, see, you know, no one loves you. You're just too messed up for God, you know, and it gets inside people's minds. And that's not true. God loves you and accepts you just as you are. And he doesn't want to leave you just like that because he loves you too much to leave you that way. He starts to shape and mold your life and create more of his son in you. Furthermore, verse 12, when I came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel and a door was opened to me by the Lord, I had no rest in my spirit because I did not find Titus, my brother. He goes, man, I, I wanted to see Titus. I wanted to hear about how the letter landed with you. That's what he's talking about. I wanted to hear about that communication that I made to you. Did you hear my heart? Did you hear what I was wanting to convey? Man, how important that is. He says, I, just, I was kind of unsettled. I was really concerned about this. But taking my leave in the middle of verse uh, 13, but taking my leave of them, I departed for Macedonia. Now, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. Ultimately, he has contact with Titus. And we'll get into that here, not, not this morning, but soon. We see there's contact with Titus and, and uh, he's, he's comforted and he's encouraged. The thing that's interesting is because he hadn't had contact with Titus, did it stop him from moving forward with God's purpose? Did he stop doing ministry he kept doing what God called him to do. He kept going the course that God purposed for him to go on. He didn't stop doing anything. He stayed with it. And he continued to place his faith and his trust in God because he says, now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ, always leads us to victory in Christ. Ultimately, 
victory is yours. Ultimately, victory is mine in the person of Jesus Christ. Always, 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 we will be victors in Christ. He leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. Now, think about this. When you think about the word knowledge, what do you think Paul is conveying when he talks with people? The knowledge, the knowledge of the love of God, the knowledge that you can be forgiven, the knowledge simply of the gospel itself, the good news that you and I have within us, that knowledge, that's not common knowledge all over the world. That's not common to everyone. Some people know God in a religious way, and therefore it's only head knowledge. They know about God. They know that a God exists, but they didn't travel from here, that 15 or 17 inches from your head to your heart. It has to make that, it's got to make it from, from or your brain to your heart. Because the transaction takes place in the realm of the spirit when I surrender my life to God. So it's not just about believing that there is a God because the Bible says that the demons believe, they know that God exists and they tremble, but they're not saved. The good news is that you and I have salvation. This is what Paul, when Paul's talking about being led in triumph and following Christ and, and trusting God, no matter what was going on, whatever the situation, he trusted God. And that there was this diffusing, this, this fragrance of the knowledge, of his, his knowledge in every, every place they went, there's this fragrance of the presence of God. Is that what you leave when you walk away from that cubicle when you were talking with someone? Did you leave behind that kind of fragrance? Was there any sense of the presence of God there at all? Even if, as we read on, they kind of hate you for it? You gotta be kidding me if you think, just because you're saying, thinking, and doing the right thing in the Lord, that everybody's just gonna, oh, God, that's so great. You know, that's foolishness, isn't it? Jesus said, they will hate you for my name's sake. Not everybody's into it that you're a Christian. Not everybody thinks that's a good thing. There's neighbors that don't think that's a good thing. There's friends that don't think, there's family. There's a lot of people that are directly adverse to that relationship that you have with God. There is something that's diffused though. This fragrance of the presence of God is diffused. Something is given off when this takes place. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. He says that fragrance is gonna be sensed by both parties. There's gonna be a sense that God was there, but the response, the response isn't necessarily always gonna be the same, is it? That response isn't always gonna be the same. The fragrance is there to the one, we are the aroma of death leading to death. And to the other, the aroma of life leading to life. He says, look at to those who believe in God. You ever had that conversation where it's, you're talking with someone and then all of a sudden you realize, oh, you're a believer, aren't you? They've said something that indicated to you that they love God too, that they know God. 
Man, that's a great sense of connection that takes place. Oh, that's awesome. You remember taking maybe your kids to school and you've been praying, praying, praying. And then all of a sudden you realize, oh, that teacher's a believer. How awesome that is, you know? So if you're a school teacher in the public schools, God bless you, stay with it, man. It's a good thing. It's an important thing. Those kids need to know that God's around, that God loves them. And man, you're a blessing to some parents, I assure you. But there's some, and in the workplace, it's the same thing. It's death. They know that you believe, and they don't believe in God, and they, it's just they want you to get away from them. They don't believe what you're saying and they're angry about what you believe and they just push you away. Now, I'm never offended about that personally because I know how the Holy Spirit works in that way and sometimes the Holy Spirit's like a rock going into a big group of dogs. And that rock goes flying out there and the one that yelps the most, the one that's barking the most, that's vicious about it and wound up the most about it, it's probably the one that got hit with the rock. Sometimes the Holy Spirit comes flying out, boom, don't be offended. Just continue to love. Understand that this is how it goes. Sometimes we just get so boxed into, and it's all about us. And I, oh gosh, you know, now they don't like me. It's, who cares? They might not have liked you anyway. It really isn't about you, is it? Really? It's not about whether people like you or dislike you. It's about, and it's not about just being offensive as a Christian, you know, to be offensive and just say, oh yeah, well, I'm a Christian. So that's why, no. It's because you, nobody likes you. It's just all there is to it, you know? It has nothing to do. Don't drag God into this situation, you know? You, you get what I'm saying. Sometimes it can go both ways, but the idea is that, man, that idea of being a blessing and that there's this pleasant fragrance and that there's this bond that takes place when we find out that they're a believer and they're blessed too. It's an aroma leading to life. And for others, don't bring up your God stuff with me. I'm tired of hearing it and they're just offended and they're upset. And it's just, it's a real, it's a bummer. And I know that. And then Paul says, and we'll talk about this because we'll catch this in our next study. And who is sufficient for these things? Paul ultimately answers that. Who, who can deal with all that? Who should really carry this load? Who, who really is qualified to dispense this fragrance? Who should be doing it? It's, it's, we'll talk about that as we get a little bit further into chapter three, not this morning. For we are not as many peddling the word of God I like that. You know, you and I, none of us are adulterating for gain. For we are not so many as peddling. We're not trying to peddle the word of God. Do you realize when you're, when you're talking with somebody about the gospel, there's absolutely, it's not a sales deal. You're not selling anybody anything. You're not trying to get them to buy in on what you believe. That's not what sharing the gospel is. Sharing the gospel is simply conveying that there's hope and there's help and there's forgiveness and that you can experience all of that in the person of Jesus Christ. That's good news, that God does love you, that God's not up there with a mallet ready to smack you and beat you down. That's not our heavenly father. We're not peddling the word of God, trying to sell people and trying to get personal gain, but as of sincerity, but as from God, we speak in the sight of God in Christ. 
And I think this is a significant thing to think through, and we'll close on this thought. I think this is worth contemplating, is when we're interacting about the things of the Lord or wherever you and I go, the reality is, is that the presence and the kingdom of God has drawn near to those people that day. Wherever you go as a believer, as a Christian, as a born again follower of Jesus Christ, wherever you and I go, the presence of God is within us and the kingdom of God dwells within us, right? That's a spiritual truth. So wherever we go, that goes with us. Whatever we're doing, whatever's going on, the kingdom of God draws near. Now, what those others do with that is personal, isn't it? That's between them and the Lord. All we can do is try and convey how they can get to the Lord if they so choose to have a relationship with the Lord. That's our prayer. That's our desire. We want to convey that as effectively as we possibly can. But the deal is, is you and I aren't trying to make deals for other people or try and make it something other than what it is. It's the best deal going. The gospel is the best deal going. You're messed up, no matter who you are, and you need God. God doesn't need you, but he loves you. He's still God without you. But you're in desperate need of God. It's win-win for you, and that's all there is to it. It's good news. There's absolutely no doubt about it. The deal is this. If someone can talk someone into believing, and this is what I find so dangerous, is that means someone can talk someone out of it. I really believe in the spiritual transaction that takes place in the realm of the spirit, that something happened in a spiritual way that there's a transaction that took place. Somebody said, I surrender. I wanna give my life to Jesus. They surrender. I'm not talking about religion or anything like that. I'm talking about a relationship with God. Jesus told the religious leaders, he told Nicodemus, you must be born again if you wanna have everlasting life. Because he was asking, what, what, what do I do to have everlasting life? Age abiding life. It was this something about Jesus. It's like what's in you and me. Age abiding life. It's the presence of the eternal living within us. It brings peace, joy, true love comes from the Lord. And when we see this, and he's, he's kind of conveying this simple truth to us, we speak in the sight of God in Christ. You see, when you're talking with someone, you just need to share the truth, ask that the spirit inside yourself, just say, God, help me to say what I need to say to convey the simple truth to someone. And ask the Lord, let the Holy Spirit do the work. All you are is just being used. You're just someone, someone that's a vessel that's being used by God to do it. Not complicated. Isn't it great to know that you really only have one person you need to please? We really have one person to please, and that's the Lord. We just want him to be pleased. The question really is that will be asked of each of us is what did you do with what was entrusted to you? And to me, when I think about that, it's not about a bunch of head knowledge. It's not about a bunch of information. And it's really, to be honest with you, it's not about your personal burdens and interests. It's not about that, you guys. It's gonna be about what did you do with my son, the treasure, the gospel, the good news that was placed inside of you 
in that earthen vessel, your life. What did you do with that? Can you imagine? Well, I dug a hole, I put it in there, and I just buried it. Because I knew when you would come again, you're not hearing. Because I know you're an austere man. Oh no, you, you've, those things may be true, but you're not, you didn't hear the heart of the Lord. God's made an investment in each of us. Don't you want to be able to stand before the Lord and just say, man, I did what I could with what you entrusted to me. I did what I could. I was open about my faith and my love for you, Lord. Man, what a powerful truth. What a thing to tuck away and think about. And that's not to me something that, you know, is something we should be, I think we can experience conviction over it, but that's it. I don't think it's something we walk around feeling guilty about or anything like that. We just got to think through. I think it's important for you and for me to take that hard examination just from time to time. Am I really doing, is, this, is my life even pleasing to you, Lord? Am I hearing you right? Are the things that are coming out of my mouth right, Lord? And, and then balance it up against the filtration system in, in James that, he's, that God's word's given us. Man, we got this one life. We've got a city, just if we didn't even leave our metropolitan ever, area ever, we have got so much to do. There are thousands of people that will be perishing without Jesus Christ. It's a bull market for Christianity. We've got all the opportunity in the world to reach the lost with the gospel of Jesus Christ. For me, I don't know that I could do anything but that, but pursue that. I don't know what else there is, Really? You can take your house up there and show it to the Lord. Your car. This is what I did with my life. You think Jesus is going to high five you? He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He doesn't need any of that. He doesn't need any of your stuff. God doesn't need any of that. God loves you and he loves me and he wants to move in and through you to be a blessing, to encourage, to lead others into saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. What? A great truth. You know, Jesus never said it was wrong having any of those things. Having those things, possessing those things is fine. The danger, brothers and sisters, is most of our world is possessed by the things they have. That's the danger. If it possesses you, you've got trouble. You having stuff, no problem. But if it has a hold of you, that's a whole other trouble. Our world's trapped by that right now. May God guard our hearts in our lives, and our minds. And may we be effective. And may we know that he is the audience that's watching. He knows what's going on. And he wants to move in and through us for his glory. Hi, this is Pastor Jim. Thanks for tuning in today and listening to the message. I know that God is doing a work in your life. I know that as you hear his word, he's doing something in your heart, and he wants to begin that good work in your life as he's done in many of our lives, and he wants to forgive you of your sin. Maybe some of you are just carrying that weight of sin, and you just want to be forgiven. Well, God wants to forgive you. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. God loves you. He wants to forgive you of all your sin. All you have to do is pray this simple prayer of faith and begin this new journey with Jesus. Again, it doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. God loves you, and God will forgive you. Just pray this simple prayer with me. Jesus, I want to ask that you would forgive me of my sin. You know exactly where I've been and what's been going on in my life, and I want to begin a new life in you. And so, Jesus, I ask that you would come into my heart and be my personal Lord and Savior, and that I would begin this new journey with you. I ask that you'd fill me with your Holy Spirit, that I might live a life that would please you and bring you glory. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. Thank you for saving me. I ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed and received the Lord into your heart today, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us or another Bible teaching church in your area so you may be encouraged in your new journey. If you'd like more information about Living Fountains or Calvary Chapel, Kansas City, simply visit our website at calvarychapelkc.com. And if you're social media savvy, you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash calvarychapelkc. Also, Living Fountains podcasts are available in the iTunes store now, and you can download them at no cost. If you're in the Kansas City area and you'd like to join us for worship, we meet in Overland Park on Sunday mornings. The service times and directions can be found at calvarychapelkc.com, or you can simply contact the church office at 913-681-1635. It's been great spending time with you today in God's Word, and we look forward to you joining us next time on Living Fountains. Let's go.